Matchcast 66. It's where to go for your uh, Black Flag Henry Rollins (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hog improv. God, what? Just magic. I don't know. This is all original music that we come up Uh, with for you. Just for you. Kudos to uh, Snowflake for that one. Unexpected. Let me compose myself. Matchcast 66. Whispering your lover's ear. Whoa. Too late. Don't forget to text the Soundhawk. Why don't you give him that number, Mark? 303-548-6877. Straight <clears throat> conduit to me. Yep. And uh, could, do you have any inkling of... That song was sampled you, audio. Most of it was sampled audio. No, do you, do you have the, any inkling where it might have come from? Even the, the guttural screams? That mm-hmm. was you. That was you. God, no. I wish that was me. Really? Oh, I thought it was you. I so the, the bass it. music, have you seen... We, we watched uh, the Peter Bogdanovich movie, Mask. Huh. Oh, yeah, Mask. Wow. With the kids the other Cher, day. that's a deep cut. That's an amazing movie. That, that was one of my favorite movies growing up. I believe that was the first PG-13 movie ever released. It was certainly the first PG-13 movie my dad took me to. Oh, my God. What and it just song? blew my mind. But there's a scene. You've seen that movie then, yes? It's just like the, hey. the free. It's just if someone is completely unfettered. Right? There's no expectations. There's no limitations. <clears throat> Look what they can come up with. That's right. Nobody, nobody was expecting that at the begin, at the top of this show. Nobody. Nope. Not our shareholders. Nope. <laughs> not, not my co-hosts. Not our clients. Not Apple. <clears throat> Do you remember the scene in Mask okay. where they're at the carnival and they go into the funhouse <clears throat> and he's looking in a carnival <sighs> mirror and it kind of distorts his face and he looks, he sees what he might look like. If he weren't afflicted by Leonidas. But, the, you know, Gar, fucking Gar. Wait a minute. Do you I, know who Gar is? No. Sam Elliott in that movie? Uh, the father figure, sort of. Oh, God, he's so incredible. And, like, he and Cher are in the funhouse, and that's the music that's playing in the funhouse. And <laughs> that loop that I grabbed is, like, she's walking past, and he grabs her. Yeah. And he's like, 
she's trying to stay clean because she has a drug problem in that mm-hmm. movie. He's like, you get any dope for me, lady? And I mean, the loop where like, it was when they have an, they're sharing a kiss during that. But where's the screaming from? The screaming is from, remember that Instagram clip I sent you a couple, like a week or two ago of that guy. He's like a weightlifter. He's got a barbell with shitloads of weight and he's standing on two chairs. You son of a bitch. And the chairs start sliding apart. He like pushes them apart and he goes into the full splits while holding this huge uh, dumbbell. I'm going to, sorry, that was loud. I'm going to uh, put that link in the doc because it's a magical moment from Instagram. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Wow. I, yeah, I remember. And I remember you sort of threatening to use that and it, I didn't, it didn't come together, but well done. Thank you. And we, as promised, horrifying Instagram, the guy, yeah. Well, how much is he bent? He's holding like a lot of weight. A lot of weight. He does that split, and he's like, he, "This is going to end terribly." His, his that's going to just fall out of his pants, sort of thing. Yeah, the first time you watch it, you're very concerned. But what's great about that clip is Ugh. the the sound bites that didn't make it into that song. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> like as he's as he's starting to descend, and he's not sure if he's actually going to pull it off. Ugh. But then once he realizes he is. There's just so much enthusiasm and joy. I wish you could see it right now listening to us. We could pause. It's 15 seconds. They could watch it while we're... Okay. Uh, Oh, well, while I say that... Oh, wait. So they should... But then they'd have to get the doc. Oh, yeah. See, that's the... We'll also put it on... flaw in our social media. Pause the podcast right now. We will tweet out the link right... Well, right after the show. Yeah. So it'll be there waiting for you. You can find it. At Real Natch. Yes. Uh, so in episode 65, last week, we promised to dig into David Foster Wallace. We did. This is water. Expect it. But that's that, that intro is an offering to his spirit. Oh, really? Well, he, he was a pop culture junkie. And I think he loved... He loved film. He loved movies. Oh, it was an homage you just created. It was. And I, didn't I was realize. Thinking, but and he, I think he was fascinated by I don't obviously the, the deluge of media. So and I think he would have liked that clip of the weightlifter as well. <laughs> I think he could have gone deep on that clip of the weightlifter. Exploded that into a story, a four hundred page story. Yep. Well, well done. With footnotes. Yeah. Four hundred pages of footnotes. I, what the title there oh. <clears throat> Whoa. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. My kids are obsessed with that scream of joy. Like, where he goes, (laughs) They're like, they both have asked me multiple times, how does he do that? How does he make that sound? They want to know how he makes the sound, not how he does the splits on two chairs while holding all that weight. Oh, my God. What should I call this on Twitter? I got to tweet this right now. Um, Elixir of life. (laughs) Okay, fine. It's called Elixir of Life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Special stuff. Yeah, you take over for a second here. People love it when, when two, two guys swear on a podcast, just have a conversation, and also check the web a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a real nice touch. Hey, let's talk about... Oh, another thing from 65 that we promised to get to this week was... Did it. Boom. A lady with a UTI. We're going to open the show. Pisses out a superbug. This lady's going to piss out a superbug. We're going to start with that briefly. Mm-hmm. We have a tiny bit of bookkeeping because our, fe- our favorite uh, business guru has landed this week. Plus, we have a special special moment to share with Snowflake. Oh, we should. I'm sure looking do. right at him. And then we'll get to the major story of the week, David Foster Wallace. Yep. The hot off the presses news about. <laughs> yeah. This commencement speech he gave years ago. Okay, so this lady uh, with a UTI pissed out a superbug. The country's first case of bacteria resistance. What? This is bacteria resistant to a drug of oh, last resort. Quote shows the end of the road isn't very far away for antibiotics. Public health officials warned Thursday, last Thursday, a week ago, yesterday, someday. Wild Wrap ago. your head around that. A superbug strain of E. coli showed up uh. in the urine sample of a 49-year-old Pennsylvania woman who went to a clinic ailing from the symptoms of a urinary tract infection, according to a study published by a journal from the American Society for Microbiology. Researchers from the Department of Defense concluded that the discovery, quote, heralds the emergence of a truly pan-drug-resistant bacteria 
because colistin, an antibiotic relied upon by doctors to treat the deadliest bacteria, proved no match for the E. coli. Fuck. E. coli. E. coli. Yeah, I don't know. End of the world. Yep. Didn't, we knew uh, this was coming. Speaking, speaking We've I know covered we have this a, terrain. We have a Greg's egg coming up before we start pretending to hear that chicken. Didn't this is how Greg prophesied oh, the end of the world back in he did. episode thirty nine, which fascinating conversation, horrible audio. <laughs> well, you know. But he basically said that's how we're all gonna die. I, and he I think he said things specifically about pigs. Yeah. And e- this comes about because of all the antibiotics that we're pumping into pigs. I think we've covered it. We don't have to beat the drum, right? We've stopped investing in new antibiotics. It, it's, it's, this isn't like um, miracle science. It's like you figure out where this, you can do it and keep inventing new bacteria to outrun the old bacteria. I mean, maybe you can't outrun them. But we don't even have any more anymore. Mm-mm. Anymore, 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 anymore. Mm-mm. Anymore. Because they don't, they're not profitable enough and the drug companies aren't doing it. Then we're pumping all the livestock full of Antibiotics, mm. subtherapeutic. Those are the wrong biots. We're nearing the resistance cliff where our drugs will stop working. That's not good. You enter a post-antibiotic apocalyptic future yeah, you where can't. even a tiny cut could, end could you. just end you. You're definitely not going to get even that. Even the colistin won't help. That hip replacement surgery? <laughs> Who, me? Just in Prince? general. Surgeries like that Prince. would be... Extra dangerous now. They confirmed that one, didn't they? Here's my question, though. I'm ready. Couldn't they, like, say you're going in for a hip replacement, but you don't want to get this E. coli uh, Ladies, watch out for those UTIs. Couldn't they just bathe the whole room and your open wound periodically with uh, infrared light that would kill all? What? Isn't it infrared? Isn't that what they were going to start blasting meat with to to kill off pathogens? Irradiate. Couldn't they just irradiate the room a little bit? Hey, man. Every four or five seconds? Let's innovate. Is that good for everybody? Yeah. Okay. That's great. Um, you know, and why don't you talk for a minute? No, I'm, I'm not going to talk because I hear him coming. You do? And I'm just going to let him roll right into it. Enter. 4G Greg Bagney. Not just yet. Wait, do we want the cue? <laughs> I thought I didn't move it far enough. Here, hold on. You can pause. You don't have to. I like to keep it live. Yeah, I know you do. Oh. See? Enter. 4G. Craig Bagney. Wait, what's, what's that? Yeah, I know. Do you hear it? Yeah, I hear it. Sounds frisky today. What do you got for us, Craig? Greg's eggs. It's stuff you probably already know, but needed some goofball to remind you. Akak, Josh, Mark, green, large-fingered love to you all. Did you know that in the corner of my office is a custom-made ass-kicking machine? It runs on quarters, and there's a roll of them on the shelf right next to it. Whenever I make a big mistake, I usually step over, slip in a few quarters, bend over, and hang out for a few minutes, and it hurts. My ass-kicking machine probably looks a lot like what you're imagining. There's an electric motor, some pulleys, a slot for quarters, and four size 12 boots attached to a round flywheel for non-stop ass-kicking action. And guess what? When you flick on the switch, did I mention? It hurts. And is a great reminder that I screwed up. No humanoid is perfect. Me neither. So mistakes get made. I need to recognize the screw-up fix it, and then move on. And of course, somewhere in that multi-step repair process, I'll slip a few quarters in the ass-kicking machine to confirm my conviction, my willingness to adapt, to improve, and to have more gut-level coraggio. Oh, the struggle. WTF. How to engage properly with the most extreme situations. Welcome to entrepreneurship, you lovely goofballs. Right now, this instant, this reminds me that my namaste... Hey, do you hear that? The bells are ringing in the background. Anyway, right now, this instance, this reminds me that my namaste mofo friends keep telling me I shouldn't be so hard on myself. Agreed. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't face the pain and own that shit. So, hear the bells?
In conclusion, the key to the ass-kicking machine is to use only when necessary, not to stand in front of it too long, then forgive yourself, and get your ass back to work. What an egg. He's a fellow sound hawk. He is. You got a taste of it. Greg, I deal with that every week. Yeah, he Mark hears so the many bells things. are ringing in my head every podcast. Yep, it's kind of a bit. A little Occasionally, bit of magic, those though. bells are real. Get, look, give you all a little off kilter. Get you off your game. Bring out something new and fresh. It's true. Just don't drive off the road. <laughs> I asked him. I, I'm trying to verify if he really has an ask. I, I take the man at his word. He had all sorts what? of. Uh, he it, had all sorts of amazing contraptions at his garage. In his garage. Yeah, so. but like, how? Who built it? If it breaks, who services it? What kind of maintenance is required? How much oiling and lubing is involved in this ass-kicking machine? It might be the kind of thing like that you'd buy at the Crypt, like one of those S&M places. It probably came with like probably. a free, free. did it come with a free zipper mask, like a leather zipper mask, a gimp 4G, mask? I think 4G, 4G shops there frequently. Well, no, I'm saying he knew he wanted an ass-kicking machine. Right. Internet search probably led him there. So we went and bought it, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to take this spiked boot off, and I'll just put a regular old work boot on it. Because I don't want to puncture my skin. I don't remember seeing it, though. He wouldn't have made that up. I I think he must have that. All right. Uh, He was very specific about it, too. Four size 12 boots. Yeah. So uh, photograph that, please. Yeah, Greg. Send it our way. We need a a picture of that. With or without you in it. Maybe one of each. It'd be great (laughs) to get a picture of the machine in action. Yeah. Yeah, you finish your breakfast, Mark. (laughs) I'm fine. What are you messing with it for? Oh, thank you, Greg. Cold oatmeal, yeah. Now, oh, we paw. Look at that's a truck driving away. Here, I'm gonna send you something. Hit Natch. No, I'm not gonna hit Natch. You gotta hit Natch. This is Natch worthy. Yeah, every pause. Everybody will. What? Let me get over here. Ready? One. You gotta sing loud. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Cha cha. Extremely touching from the from the Brushmeyer family. It's another egg. It's a, sorry, I'm chewing oatmeal. Um, yeah, like a pro. Thank you for the birthday greetings, Jenny Harper and Quinn. Celebrating, and Mark. commemorating. It's not just any birthday. It's not. Holy it's my crap! Birthday. <laughs> You've become a man. Finally, four zero. It's like my forty years old. Stuff. This guy, forty years old, or as I like to think of it, forty years young. Unbelievable. Also in commemoration of this wonderful event, we have two, whatever these are called. Those look like bracelets. Glitter bead bracelets. This one was made for you. Oh, wow. Snowflake. Mine says Stardust. That was my favorite part, that you had your kids calling me Snowflake. Yeah. I guess you've become Snowflake for the time being, because they made me Stardust and you got Snowflake. And if it's a little big, we can trim it up. Oh, I love it. (laughs) You wear that with pride. I'm going to wear it all day. And we'll podcast like this, like we're Wonder Twins. I know. This is really an amazing present. Oh. I love it. Oh, well, Thank good. you, girls. We're thinking of you. I'm we're very proud touched. of you. I'm very touched. I do think this is, the, this is the age now in the modern era where you really become a man. When 20, no. 18, nah. 21, nah. 30, nobody knows what they're doing anymore. 40. You 40. got shit on your back, yep. carrying it through the world. For me, anyway, I needed like the pressure of wife and children and mortgage to actually man you know to reach my full potential i think as a house husband you call it what you will you're a house husband too just because you drive to boulder twice a week doesn't make it a whole lot different <laughs> yeah, you got your little escapes i'm glad you reached your full potential you did need that wife and kids in order to be a to be dad. disciplined man <laughs> no i know i'm right. thinking it this is this will be a a worthy segue i suppose into David Foster Wallace territory because that's why I put it here. I had ample free time when I was living in Chicago. I worked on a split shift, driving a bus. I had all day to write. I wrote a lot of magazine articles, but I was always like kind of trying to write a novel or a poetry, short stories. 
I'm not poetry. I wrote like poetry I wrote in high school and into early college years. Then that kind of petered off. But I had all this free time, so much free time. Mm. And I got a fair amount of writing done, but I didn't actually finish a project. And it always kind of weighed on me. That's not uncommon. Not at all. But now that I, like once I, once we had, I had you know, once my wife and I had kids, once I, we started a family. You say then, you had them. Yeah, that's fine. There's all this pressure. And you realize, I think that's when you realize what a commodity time is mm. and how quickly it goes by because kids are an amazing yardstick of time. Oh, well, there's two, there's two sides to that coin. Okay. They're also an amazing time suck. Yeah, they take away a lot of time. Well, we were talking about this with someone yesterday who was... I don't think of it as a suck, kids. though, because I enjoy no, spending I time with either. my kids. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm surprised your, your girls make you bracelets with that kind of attitude. <laughs> my point being that, that that's the most obvious change. Free time, gone. Post-kids. Yeah. Before you have free time, and you don't realize, like, and you're you wasting it, it, you squander it, you, know, you, you could do so many things. You could. Then you can't do any of them. You can't. But you, but you can, can eventually, sure. You can. I have found that my I make like the fullest use of my time now for the most part. Hmm. I'm way more efficient than yeah, I Yeah, that's ever right. Was. You're not doing a lot of social media. Good for you. I try and stay off the social media yeah, unless it's for do. my elixirs of life. Marketing director. <laughs> yeah, except <laughs> for your job. <laughs> Which forces me to interact with fucking Facebook of all things. Ooh, yeah, that one's that's rough. A step back. You have taken a step back. I still don't actually have a Facebook page of my own, so how do you get on? Pat Riot. <laughs> My alter ego from New Age Dad. Oh, man. And that, that's funny because we've, we've, so I've been alive 40 years. I've known you for a quarter of that journey. Have you really? I believe so. Well, not quite. I was 32 when I met you. Eight years. Close to a quarter of that time. Close to a quarter of that time. I've known my wife for close to half of that time. Yeah, I've known my wife for half of my life. It's a good feeling, huh? Over half of my life. You just called her your wife. Is that by way of a proposal? No. Did you guys go to the... Did you guys get married? You crazy kids? (laughs) Yeah, of course we're married. Common law. In the eyes of the world and the gods. But defiantly not in the eyes of each other-ish. Defiantly not... Is that a political statement? It's it's just a complete desire to not have a ceremony, which clearly... As I'm sitting here watching gold laminated chairs get delivered for delivered for a birthday dinner. <laughs> it's not the way you guys roll over here. I know, but it also... Each to, each to their own. It illustrates know who how easy are. it would be for you to have a little ceremony. Tomorrow? A little backyard ceremony. Let's not encroach on my birthday party. Yeah. We could just take that one over real quick. Yeah. Bring over an internet pastor. There you go. Just show up with a third guest. Or I could just ordain myself in about 20 minutes and I could be your officiator. Oh my God. That would actually be in a, maybe after dinner if there's You'd already time. have on the fancy retro weird tux. In between badminton matches, maybe I'll find time and I can marry you and Jenny. Ugh. Probably not. Nice. It just got more interesting to me. All right. So now you're actually going to dress up. Look for that in episode 102. That's when you're going to get married. Live podcast of... You heard it here, Jenny. Episode 102. It's only... At the current rate, that'll be in another... year and a half. year and a quarter. That's way less than a year. We do one a week, don't we? That's about a year. Six, 60 away. I just want it to be sooner. Okay. Sometimes we double up. Happy birthday to Josh Snowflake Tyson. 40 years old, 40 years young. Thank you, thank you. Critical mass reaching full potential midway through life. All uphill from here on out. Nope. Only if you make it uphill. So. How to live... Ooh, could not be more timely. I know. Wow. Poetic episode. The 40s, that's the era of the midlife crisis. For some. How to live, part one, part two next week. Okay. Part one, this is water. This is water. Some thoughts delivered on a significant occasion about living a compassionate life. An essay by David Foster Wallace. The text originates from a commencement speech. It's, It's that time of year, too. I know. Oh, Given by Wallace at Kenyon College on May 21st, 2005. I was talking to someone yesterday who went to Kenyon College before this, just before this. Missed it. They were probably pretty, pretty bummed about but that. they knew it. They knew that this had happened. It. They knew of it. Before Little Brown's publication, a transcript of the speech circulated around the internet. You bet it did. Yeah. 
blowing minds. Let's open with a taste of it. Okay. Which, uh, which quote would you like? Let's, give, t- let's give do the time, fish. Give me a timestamp, sir. Let's give the people the fish. Greetings, thanks, and congratulations to Kenyon's graduating class of 2005. There are these two young fish swimming along, and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way, who nods at them and says, Morning, boys. How's the water? And the two young fish swim on for a bit, and then eventually one of them looks over at the other and goes, What the hell is water? This is a standard requirement of U.S. commencement speeches, the deployment of didactic little parable-ish stories. The story thing turns out to be one of the better, less bullshitty conventions of the genre. But if you're worried that I plan to present myself here as the wise older fish explaining what water is to you younger fish, please don't be. I am not the wise old fish. The point of the fish story is merely that the most obvious, important realities are often the ones that are hardest to see and talk about. Stated as an English sentence, of course, this is just a banal platitude. But the fact is that in the day-to-day trenches of adult existence, banal platitudes can have a life-or-death importance. Or so I wish to suggest to you on this dry and lovely morning. What an opener. It's only the beginning. It's about to get real real for those uh, graduating Kenyans. Is that right? Kenyonians. (laughs) Kenyonians. A little confusing to say Kenyans. I remember reading this. I, I saw, I'm a Foster Wallace fan, as you know. I do. I do know that. I love me some difficult fiction. I knew that about you. And this thing did circulate. It was, this has happened subsequently, right? I think this might have been one of the first. George Saunders has done a very um, powerful commencement speech a year or two what about ago. about that dude? Turned into a book. Oh. What there was dude? like a astrophysicist or someone who was like oh, dying. mortally yeah. ill. Yeah. This is a moment, a famous right? one. No, I mean, it is a it's an occasion where it's fraught with drama. It is. It's inherently dramatic, and has the potential to be powerful. It does. I think students usually probably expect a, some cliche. He material. didn't bring that. No, in fact, he. I read this on the internet. Went Well, he opens with a sort of a cliche, but then he quickly acknowledges that this is just part of the form. Textbook, here. textbook, Wallace. <laughs> I know. And I know that just... I am not the wise old fish. From reading no of, none of his fiction. Well, oh. except for... I read a short story that you recommended about someone spilling hot water on a baby. Oh, boy, that's Which a makes one. sense to me now, because remember, not like five episodes ago, you want these kids to go blind from vitamin A deficiency. Oh, come on. So it's, <laughs> the, the seeds were planted That is a hell ago. of a story, but it's also one of... I think it might be his sh- shortest... Well, he's done very small Probably why I read it. But yeah. I read Consider the Lobster. I what a terrible story. What was that called? It's called like in, ship. Incan... Oh, God. Now I need to look it up. Oh, the Kepler, the Kepler Trail. It's called the Kepler Track. Kepler Track. It's about a tramp. Loving a tramp. <laughs> yeah. Making love to a tramp under a no, bridge they in New Zealand. The, 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 they spill boiling water on the baby, and the baby won't calm down, and they realize that it's caught in the diaper for like these, ex- these minutes of where they're dealing with the psychic toil of it. And you're like, oh... They're too wrapped up in their own shit to realize that they're still burning the baby. No, they didn't. Well, they didn't know that, but yeah. Because they were caught up in the moment. Yes. Yeah. I, I interpreted what you said as they're wrapped up in their own shit, like they were checking their phones, but they were just like, they were parenting. Sure. Okay. Anyway, that's not the point of this. But the point of his commencement speech is don't get wrapped up in your own world of shit. I mean, if you, if you boil it down in a, in a pot and then dump it onto a child, that's what it is. That's what it is boiled down. Get it? No. Oh, come on. That was slick. It was not slick. It sounded slick, Trump. But there's nothing beneath that You're a loser. connection you just made. Of course there fucking is. That's what he's saying. He's saying to these students, like, you're, you got your liberal, liberal arts degree now. Yep. And, you know, maybe we've taught you how to think, but what you really need to right. learn yourself to do is take yourself out of the center of the universe. Your default position is that it's all about you. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. That's the way everybody sort of approaches life. But the real power of an edgy, of, and he is, it's, it's nice the way he, it seems to work as just kind of a life lesson, mm-hmm. but then it also has this special poignancy for them. Well, he illustrates it with a very- Take yourself out of the equation. A very detailed description oh of God. what it means, like what daily toil means once you're out of college and you have a real job. Set and, that up for us. Well, that, that's kind of what he does. He says, you know, says, you, you haven't the, had daily toil yet. The routine, the, the boredom, routine. the frustrations of life, these aren't part of your ritual yet. Yeah, so being but at work. They, but they will be. 
working all day, knowing you have to get up and do it again tomorrow, but then realizing that mm. you don't have food at home. So then you have to go to the grocery store. And that's where he really digs in. It's the trip to the grocery store Ooh. and the malaise and like just the mm. contempt for humanity the, that happens the there. The ennui. Oui. The boredom? It's not so much the boredom. It's the despair. Well, yeah, both. I mean, he gets he gets he goes off the fucking rails a little bit on that shit. And if you listen to his, the delivery of the speech, which we have now done, I think there was actually more of that. I think, I think like so on the too. fly, he's like, ah, "I'm going to skip, skip over, skip over, skip over, skip over," because <laughs> he really goes deep on the uh, the the the, the, the hor- horrific fluorescent lights, the terrible music, the cow-eyed people, the big line. The, wrote, lady, the lady at the checkout that you can't yell at because her job's worse than anything possibly imaginable to all of these graduating liberal arts effetes. I wrote rabbit hole of suck. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. He, but he, but that's, he says that's where the hard work of life begins. Well, is in those moments of despair, of in quiet, mundane despair, you need to open up and try and it's basically about empathy. It's like you need to try and empathize with other people. You need to realize that that person that you're pissed off might pissed off at might be having a shittier day than you are. Twenty years after my own graduation, I have come gradually to understand that the liberal arts cliche about teaching you how to think is actually shorthand for a much deeper, more serious idea. Learning how to think really means learning how to exercise some control over how and what you think. It means being conscious and aware enough to choose what you pay attention to and to choose how you construct meaning from experience. Because if you cannot exercise this kind of control in adult life, you will be totally hosed. Party lights, man. Cut. Nicole bought some party lights at Walmart to hang outside, and I started hanging them up, and they went out right away. Like, just tapping them against a piece of metal, all the the whole thing blew out. So like, I got to fucking return these. That means I have to go to Walmart. And that means now I don't have to just buy some Walmart. I have to go to the return line, which is always the <laughs> longest line at Walmart. And you still need party lights. Yeah, but I'm not buying them there. But, man. Yeah, now you got to go somewhere else. There were only about four people in line. I was third out of four and it took about a half hour to get through that line yeah. but here's the thing right so then i think it's my turn i've waited while this couple returned something and it took a long time because something was confusing and then i start to step up and there's a guy who was waiting in the wings off to the side in the meantime they've fetched whatever he needed to complete his return so he steps in front of me mm. and, you know i'm a little on edge because i it's really don't you. like being a walmart but you. then he turns to me and he very sweetly says oh excuse me i'm sorry and I was like, wow, dude. And he, like, the, just the most genuine an smile. Yeah. He's, I think he was maybe from an African country. Kenyan? He could have been a Kenyan. But it was delightful. It, it elevated the whole situation. And all of a sudden, instead of Walmart being a rabbit hole of complete suck, it still sucked. Right. I was like, no, but there's, there's, uh, there's light and hope everywhere, man. Quote, but if you really learn how to pay attention, then you will know there are other options. This is you and your... Do you, go, do you go into yourself and the misery of the despair, or do you stay open to what might, might really be happening? Well, I think first I distract myself by reading emails and then reading news articles on my phone. That didn't exist when he even gave this I speech. Know. Then you will know there are other options. It will actually be within your power to experience a crowded, hot, slow, consumer hell-type situation as not only meaningful, All but I heard was sacred. hot and slow sacred, on fire with the same force that made the stars. Love, fellowship, the mystical oneness of all things deep down. He, he really gets into it here. Easy, Icarus. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's the point. In this whole commencement, he's not a very florid guy, typically. And here he gets florid. And the point being, like, this is the exact moment where you're probably going, now, fine, maybe I can behave better and empathize more. But I think he's saying, no, this is like the magic. The fire of existence is in that moment. He, he, I think I wrote down a line that he says... It's very Eastern thinking. I know he was a... He says something to the effect of sacrifice for others all the time in these tiny yeah. ways. You, you got to make a habit out of that. That's what it means to have a, an education. A, attention, to, awareness, discipline, sacrifice. To be educated is to know how to... Th- not to know how to think, but to know what to focus your thoughts on. And in moments like that, yeah, don't go in. Go out. That's right. And do it countless times every damn day when you're at Walmart returning your party lights. What it means is don't be snowflake, be stardust. What? What? Yeah. I'm stardust right here. I know. In many ways, you're the more powerful one, I suppose. <laughs> but snowflake is believing that you are so special and unique. Yeah, I gotcha. That there's, oh, you know, we misbanded. You're bound for greatness. 
But it's, I think it's good to have a dose of that because that keeps you, of keeps you motivated. I'm but sure don't he, lose sight of that you're part of the Stardust, too. That, that, the point of this particular commencement speech is Stardust, but I'm sure another one could be written on Snowflake. I'm sure they have no, been. No, I think his commencement speech is about, like, S- Snowflake is default setting. It's not like you're going to completely eradicate mm. Snowflake. It's about learning to put Snowflake and Stardust in harmony. Yeah, but could... Which but, we do every week on Natchcast, episode 66. Whisper, whisper in your lover's ear. Text the Soundhawk. He also talks about worship. That we all worship something. He contends that there's no such thing as a true atheist because we all worship something. Right. And he notes... And and he also goes on to say, as I recall... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not... It's kind of this sort of backhand, you know, choose yourself a spiritual God-type figure because otherwise it's money, power, looks, etc. Worship power, become fear. That's what he says. What? Oh yeah. He says if you choose to worship power, yeah, you yeah. never get enough of it, and you get afraid. All you're afraid all the time. You're going to lose it. So you that become was money. Fear. Yeah, you'll never have enough if you worship money. No, he said worship power, and you become fear. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me think of Trump, <laughs> which made me think, which made me sad. That how great would it be to have David Foster Wallace around right now? Ugh. What I mean, this Trump thing would be blowing his mind. I may. You know, and you know what? You know what he love even more than Trump is that Instagram. You know he clip. went on the tra- he loved that Instagram <laughs> he clip. Loved it. He went on the campaign trail with McCain and wrote a, you know, a piece of mind-boggling nonfiction out of that, as I recall. Yeah. I, as you learn, as you so you can now look at these sort of moments through the lens of him gone. Sure. And I remember, and you, and you read some of his fiction, you realize like he was, he would he would try all of these things. I think to feel happier. Yeah. And none of them worked. He was ridden with debilitating despair. Well, and I, I couldn't uh, get out of it. Ended after, up killing himself. But after listening to this commencement, when he speech, meditated, he would like challenge himself: "Am I the best one in this room meditating?" He could never really ooh. turn it off. He like, "Am I impressing the? How do I impress the teacher to show that I'm really the best at meditating?" Like, it's like you can't. It's always going that's in stardust. I mean, that's snowflake. He was fucking snowf- with you. He was snowflake in it. Yeah. When really you need to. What is that? You need to starflake and snow dust. That's, I believe, the refrigerator. You're going to have to deal with it, Soundhawk. It's making ice. Okay. And ice is water. This is water. <laughs> but we're not done. Oh, what I was going to tell you is that I was listening to David Foster Wallace on Charlie Rose as I was riding my bike oh, last I've night. Oh, I've seen that. Very good interview, but he, what he talks about is... He's so you know, nervous. He thinks, he's always well, nervous in those moments. Oh, he's very nervous. Yeah. And he, he even... Like chastises Charlie Rose because Charlie Rose is like, don't, don't be nervous, just be be yourself. He's like, fuck you, Charlie. He's like, well, no. He's like, that's uh, you know. He basically says that's easy for you to say. You're on TV every fucking day. <laughs> like when you come on TV, I think he says you're forced to confront your vanity. Ooh. But he talks about how he's just, yeah, he's as like, a young writer, you know, he's working on Infinite Jest or whatever or whatever you're writing. You want it to be, you want people to go down on one knee and just be floored and awed by what you've created kind of thing. And then that happens to him. Yeah. But he was talking about how a lot of the positive reviews, he didn't read many reviews, but some of the positive ones that he read missed the point of the book. They thought it was like funny where he thought it was kind of, he wanted it to be sad. That happens in the speech. Remember where he's like, yeah, he's talking about, he does it in an amusing way about the worst people drive the biggest cars and have these religious bumper stickers. But then he twists it. He's like, and they laugh. Maybe that's the way not to think people. You shouldn't think that way. He says maybe the person in the big car has been in a terrible accident. That's right. And is crippled with anxiety. And that person's psychiatrist uh, says buy, you need to buy a bigger car. So you won't be as afraid. Empathy. You don't know what those people in line are going through. You don't. They probably got it as bad as you. You know where empathy uh, is probably the hottest commodity? And here we are just talking into microphones. The UX game, Mark. Bleeding out to the world. In the UX game, empathy is king. This is... We got to stop doing this. Talking about UX? No, we can't be podcasters. Why? So selfish. Yeah, but it's only selfish an hour a week. It's not like how we're do we, constantly podcasting. How do we become more open and empathetic as podcasters? By giving out our cell phone number? 303 <laughs> I think we need to spread the word. I think word of mouth is the missing ingredient here. We rely too much on these digital channels. We need to be out there pressing flesh. Just live casting. I don't know, just talking to people about it. Yeah. You know? I guess, but that maybe, still seems I, very selfish. 
Maybe we could get invited to do a commencement speech at Davis, UC Davis. <laughs> let's give our let's let's write a commencement speech. It'll be Starduck and Star Starduck, <laughs> Stardust and Snowflake. It'll be our our little riff on "This Is Water." Yeah, I think we could pull it off. That could be well, and you know what we'll end up doing with that? Making it a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Episode seventy. Our commencement speech. Our commencement speech to you. You're welcome. Ooh, we should do that. We could do. Oh, you know, we could do like a head to head. We could do a little battle. We could each privately record our own commencement speech, and then we can go head to head. Ooh, okay. See who transcends deeper. <laughs> All right. What do you think about that? You and your rat hole of suck. What was it? That's the name of my uh, commencement speech. <laughs> welcome to the rat rabbit hole of suck. Oh, rat hole's better. Check your watch because you're about to go down the rabbit hole of suck. Rat hole's better. No, a rabbit hole. It's like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, okay. Lewis Carroll suggests that I've read a lot of literature when in fact I haven't. I ain't got I'm having trouble. Yeah, I'm having trouble because I'm thinking so much about his biography. I mean, even like right out of he was he got like an MFA and his first novel came out of that. But before he was even getting going, like he had these he had to like disappear from school for a semester for some depressive episode. And, like, he was medicated for, like, 30 years. And what really kind of sent him over the edge was when he finally tried to get off of him. And, like, it, and then started to slip and then got back on him, but they didn't work. And then, whoosh. Very tragic. And then here he is, but he's, he's grappling with this stuff all the time, this Eastern stuff, Western stuff, bright mind, things to be learned. He's what you might call a, this deep, is, a deep thinker, This Mark. is water. It's so hard to remember this is water. Not really. Not we're all, for we're you. all water. Not for you. <laughs> you got your yoga poses. You know what song I wish I still had is the water song. Have I ever played you the water song? It sounds familiar. Wrote it in my 30s back in Chicago. But it was all about like how we're all water. It was in days. Yes. It was, yeah. Probably, I spent probably a whole evening. I probably drank a whole six pack and Did recorded ya? it. Oh, yeah. But it's edgy, man. And it's, that's what it's all about, though, is just that we're all water. We're all icicles melting. We're all water from the mountaintops. I think that's the lyric. Water from dead presidents. All this other random water in the shit. butthole of a dinosaur. Wasn't exactly. that one that's, of our? So I, I've, I've, always, I've thought about this a lot. And back then, I think I read it was post nine eleven. But I that's first, not really what this. I'm just talking telling you about. a story. When I first moved to Chicago, that whole airplanes flying in a building shit happened. I just moved to a big city, and I kind of lost my shit. I kept it to myself, but I was like kind of a wreck. So nervous. Yeah. I, was, I was convinced that it was going to happen in Chicago. Oh. And I was working as a valet at the time. I'd be down at this like restaurant downtown and like a dump truck would dump something and you'd hear this big boom. And I'd freak out and I'd whip my head around. That's to make, like me. To make sure the Sears Tower was That's still there. That's Soundhawk shit. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing happened. But, nervous these days. But what I did is I read Alan Watts. Someone recommended I read The Wisdom of Insecurity by oh. Alan Watts and that. Do you have it? Can I borrow it? It's an amazing book. I should give it to you. It's just, I mean, it's, it's kind of like this. It's what Foster Wallace says in this. Sure. Throughout is like the most obvious points are kind of so the hard. most important, like things that you Essential think are so obvious. Essential truths. Yeah, you need to revisit them. Of course you do. Because we, we crave security when it's an illusion. There is no such thing as security. Mm. The world, Here the universe go. is too nah, random. He's getting in there now. <laughs> and you just love to interrupt me. Oh, no, I'm ready. Come on. <laughs> No, but I mean, how can, how can you truly be secure in a world with so many variables where you never know what's going to happen next? Like, you can't... Yeah, but if you give up control, future. if you give it all up, you'll be just as fraught with... It's not about giving up control. Anxiety. It's about gotta find that little letting go of the notion of security. Mm. Knowing that, you know, there are things you can do to be safe and not, like, die stupid ways. Yeah, but why would you do yoga then? Because my, so my back doesn't hurt? <laughs> It's not that I'm trying to live forever. It's that I'd like to like feel good while I'm alive. It's pretty simple, that one. Okay, that's going to get harder for you. <laughs> Yoga? No, just... There's a, within what you just said is a sense of control that you can help yourself feel better. I can. It's worked okay. thus far. Thus far. It always helps. You, there's see, always some you element. Son of a bitch. This is why you're all knotted up and fucked uh, up inside. I can't let the placebos in. Let them in. Let the yeah, you say that now. In. But Where just wait. Them? Just wait. Yeah, 40. Yeah, you're going to feel dead soon. <laughs> you're just going to wake up and shit in bed because you won't want to get out and use the toilet. That's why you sleep so late, huh? Uh, yeah. No, that hadn't happened yet. 
Really? Just the weight of the world so crushing on you? You're like, I'm just going to piss in yeah, bed. No, I don't know why. You, maybe you need a bedpan. No, that's going to help. I don't need a bedpan. I'm fine. No, but that's... that's my bowels are not my problem. It's my back and my lungs. Today. All, the only reason I... Bring, yeah, today. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> the lungs thing is a new development. No. You didn't have... When we started podcasting last... When we were doing this last <laughs> summer, you were not fu- having fucking lung issues. Oh, yeah. You go back and check the tape. I'll check the tape. You were not complaining about your lungs. Check the tape. You complained about a broken rib when you had a cold once. That was part of a... The back. It was always the back. The lungs were never part of it. Back's feeling better. See? Because you're focused on the fucking lungs. I'm with you 100%. All right. Where's David Foster Wallace when you need him? Hey, my whole point in bringing up Alan Watts, though, is... But he's not the wise old man. That's what I like about this the most. Is he saying all this stuff? But if, if you know something about him, like he has tremendous difficulty living it. Why well, not? But that's why that's what makes it more sincere. He's just a real guy. Yeah, he's, he's got not, a big brain, but he's a real guy. He's behind a pulpit, but he's really not speaking to you from there. He's he's in the trenches with you. He is. He's like, I've realized that these things are true. It doesn't mean I'm doing them all the time. It means I'm striving, just like you. That's why he says I'm not the wise fish. I'm one of the two fish swimming around, yeah. not knowing what water is, get, catching glimpses of it. The cloud in the sky will also not be scared. You're reading some Thich Nhat Hanh? I am. When the time comes, the cloud will become rain. It is fun becoming rain. Fuck yeah. You, we're talking about control, change. You can't Probably get... fun becoming a, the sweat in a dinosaur's asshole, too. It is fun becoming rain, falling down, chanting, and becoming part of the Mississippi River, or the Amazon River, or the Mekong River, or falling onto vegetables, and later becoming part of a human being. That's ticky, baby. It is a very exciting adventure. The cloud knows that if it falls to the earth, it might become part of the ocean. So the cloud is not scared. Only humans get scared. Mm. See, I'm seeing the root of the problem here. Thich Nhat Hanh, hard of understanding. Probably right around the same time. Might have been, could have been the same year, the same week, same day. Uh-oh. You were you were pounding your head against infinite jest. I haven't, read that. Ex- I haven't read that one. Oh, I thought you had. I read all the other ones. You fucking told me you read that. Mm-mm. You are shitting me. You made it sound like you had read that book. All right. You were thinking about, well, that ruins my whole point. Exactly. I thought you were just working yourself into a tizzy, trying to make sure you extracted every ounce of truth and substance out of that book. While I was becoming slightly less terrified while reading Alan Watts. And then I did. I read Being Peace by Thich Nhat Hanh around that same time. Yeah. Yeah. Philosophical, Mark. I even tried to read some Nietzsche. What are we scared of? What do we really have to be scared of? Fear itself, right? Yeah. That's the fucking rabbit hole of suck. I'd call it a rat hole. Yeah, you can call it either. It's a hole. It goes down. Leads to the toilet. Words of wisdom from David Foster Wallace. Yeah. 40-year-old snowflake. Yep, and a 43-year-old stardust. No. 42. Yeah. 42-year-old stardust. I got another month. We got the wrong bracelets on. You ain't getting this one. No way. (laughs) Snowflake, snow star, flake dust. Come back for 67. Oh, okay. You were trying to sign off. Thanks for listening. All right. Look, the insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful. It is that they are unconscious. They are default settings. They're the kind of worship you just gradually slip into day after day getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure value without ever being fully aware that that's what you're doing. And the so-called real world will not discourage you from operating on your default settings because the so-called real world of men and money and power hums merrily along on the fuel of fear and anger and frustration and craving and the worship itself. Our own present culture has harnessed these forces in ways that have yielded extraordinary wealth and comfort and personal freedom. The freedom all to be lords of our own tiny skull-sized kingdom, alone at the center of all creation. Yeah.
Hey, I... Hey, I... 